Today. 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 Today with Jeff Vines. Twice every weekday on Vision and on demand in the free Vision Christian Media app. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Hi, it's Neil Johnson and welcome to today's 2020 podcast from the Vision Radio Network. Remember, you can hear 2020 weekdays on Vision from 10 a.m. Australian Eastern Time. That's from 11 Australian Eastern Daylight Saving Time. Well, as you hear reports about what's going on around the world on issues of religious liberty and Christians subjected to persecution, there are disturbing trends throughout the Islamic world impacting on Christian believers. But it's not only Islamic countries that treat Christians severely. Other nations like China and Vietnam are continuing a harsh crackdown on Christian activity, often with heavy-handed consequences for believers. Elizabeth Kendall is a religious liberty analyst. She's back with us today to talk through issues facing Christians in China and in Southeast Asia. Hello, Elizabeth. Welcome back to 2020. Thank you, Neil. Elizabeth, uh, China and Vietnam, uh, two countries that you've been uh, researching and looking into of recent times uh, and talking about how uh, religious liberty is affecting Christians in those countries. Yes, well, just on the 1st of January this year, Vietnam enacted a new decree, uh, Decree 92 of 2012, and what this does is it gives a veneer of legality to a policy of religious repression. So what they're doing is giving themselves permission to repress even more. Now, um, a very well-known human rights lawyer and religious liberty advocate, the uh, award-winning Nguyen Van Dai, who's not long out of prison, actually, for his uh, religious freedom work, uh, has said that this is a step backwards for Vietnam. He maintains that the the, the goal of Decree 92 is actually to abolish the organisational structure and religious operations of Protestant denominations that were formed less than 20 years ago and have been unable to register according to the old decree. So this just uh, gives them the government uh, more reason to annihilate them, to clamp down on them. Uh, he says this is a backward step in the right to freedom of relief and belief and religion in Vietnam. And uh, just recently, this is not surprising, because just recently, the Vice President of the Vietnamese Parliament stressed that, and I quote here, Vietnam will increasingly model itself on China in matters of religious policy. Now, people need to understand that when the American housing bubble burst in in August of 2008, it ripped most it ripped the power out of the international freedom from religious persecution act this was an act that tied american foreign policy to international religious freedom and until then vietnam had been quite keen to tinker with token reforms and keep things a little bit level but now that american america doesn't have that economic leverage and the the International Freedom from Religious Persecution Act has no economic leverage to wield. Uh, Countries like Vietnam just don't need to rein in uh, their dissidents anymore. We're seeing more and more political and religious dissidents um, becoming persecuted. 
This is also the case in China, uh, which Vietnam says it wants to model itself on. In 2011, um, the Communist Party of China put out a document to all its uh, you know, police authorities um, and universities countrywide uh, that uh, set down ground rules for preventing uh, Christian witness on university campuses. Now, this document has just been um, come into the hands of Christian Aid Association and has been translated, and it contains some of the most uh, old-school communist language I've seen for a long time. Uh, it really does appear that the government is taking its eyes off the house churches and well, not taking them off, but shifting its focus from the house church movement to the activity on university campuses. Uh, this is some of the language they use. I'm going to read you a little bit. It says, they say, foreign hostile forces have put greater emphasis on using religion to infiltrate China and carry out their political plot to westernize and divide China. Foreign forces regard institutes of higher education as key targets for using religion, Christianity in particular, for infiltration. And this, the whole document talks in terms of this conspiracy to, you know, to, to threaten China's nat national security. But we're talking, about, we're talking about little Christian groups on campus. I mean, it, if it wasn't so serious, it would be laughable. It describes Christianity as a disease. They need management control. It, uh, it says they must strictly prohibit the spreading of religion and winning of converts. It describes the universities as a battlefield. It goes on to say that the universities must clean up the websites, seize religious publications, including audio and visual material. Uh, they need to guard the path, all this battle language, so that religion cannot be used for cultural erosion. It uh, goes on, it's a very, very long and offensive document, and it shows the degree to which that Maoist mindset is still operating in China. It, I guess, would have appeared to some that things were getting a little easier in China to be Christian and to be able to share your faith freely, but uh, what you're saying is things are likely to be tightening up in China. Well, they're certainly going to be tightening up on the university campuses. Um, and China is very interesting. They're, they're even talking about reforming their Laogai system, that is the re-education through labour system, where anyone can just be sent into a labour camp for three years at the whim of any local authority, no charges or anything. But, you know, they, they talk about this, and I think they have an interest in talking about it, but the government surely has no interest in truly reforming it because... They have a thousand concentration camps where they literally have uh, get free slave labour. This is a massive industry. Imagine, imagine what it would do for the Australian economy if we could set up a thousand slave labour camps to produce, you know, goods for for the economy. I mean, they're not going to be able to let go of this very easily. So. I'm not really prepared to think that China is moving in any sort of positive direction until I can actually see some positive changes.
Elizabeth, you're always an inspiration to pray. If you were thinking of praying for China and for Vietnam, what's the main point that you would bring before God? Well, you'd be to, you know, we need to pray for the Christians themselves, that they will stand firm in their faith, but with great wisdom, because um, there's no point going to prison for foolishness. You know, uh, if you're going to go to prison, it may as well be for all the right reasons. So they need to be very wise and uh, not provocative. Uh, if they need to be secretive in their worship, uh, then they need to be secretive in their worship. We also need to pray for courage for Christians in China that have influence, that they will have the courage to uh, speak with that influence, even knowing that it could probably cost them uh, their jobs or, or their liberty uh, in the short term. For China as a nation, we just continue to pray that God will... Uh, continue to grow the church as he has been doing so wonderfully for so long. I really believe that God has a plan for China that is exciting and wonderful and that we are going to see China rise to be uh, not just an economic power, which is the way the communists see it, but actually as a, as a missionary and as a Christian power in, in the decades in the future. So we just continue to pray for revival in the Chinese churches, that momentum is not lost, um, for faith uh, through persecution, through, for endurance through persecution, and for uh, God to continue to work his purposes out. Well, Elizabeth, I'll point people to your website. That's elizabethkendall.blogspot.com.au. And from there, people can get a link to your prayer bulletin. And also find out about your new book too, which is called Turn Back the Battle. Elizabeth Kendall, Religious Liberty Analyst, thanks for being with us again today on 2020. Thanks for the chat, Neil. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts. Or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.